With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So Chris Mason of Mass Live says that Cam Newton is leading the Patriots OTAs at Gillette Stadium. Terry workouts in Foxborough on Monday, and that's according to ESPN's Mike Reese. Much has been made of Newton's lack of an offseason in 2020. As for the OTAs, the NFLPA released a statement on behalf of the Patriots players last week saying that quite a few of them would be electing not to come to the facility for the voluntary workouts. The union is lobbying for a virtual offseason. This is obviously a very interesting development surrounding a quarterback who had almost no offseason last year, and at least in the court of public opinion, paid the ultimate price. Because I think the purpose of faith is to get human beings to live on a higher plane than the animals in the jungle and that there's something bigger going on that's bigger than all of us. Hey, dear Pats Nation, what's going on? It's your boy, Ray, and welcome to the No Sources Podcast here on this beautiful, rainy, miserable day in Toronto. It is Monday, April 19th, coming at you to talk a little bit about Cam Newton and everything else. But before we really get started, I got to tell you that support for Dear Pats Nation is brought to you by Iron Triangle Concrete Weights. Stop overpaying for weights and gym members visit gym memberships visit the triangle concrete weights on instagram and get your weights today tell them the dear pats nation sent you and you'll save 10 percent off every order visit manscape.com and save 20 percent plus free shipping when you use the code ray route and get your hands on the very best male grooming products and save 20 percent plus free shipping using the code ray route when you visit manscape.com your balls will thank you and check out the Rocky Mountain Barber Company and save yourself 5% using the code RayRoute when you purchase your small batch male hygiene products made with natural ingredients. Visit RockyMountainBarber.com and save 5% using the code RayRoute. We've left the link to all of our generous sponsors and partners in the description wherever and however you are listening or watching this show. And what is going on? Pats, 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 Nation. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Cam Newton. Now, there's a lot to be, I guess you could call it, angry with after last season. A lot of Patriot fans were displeased with Cam Newton's performance. And I don't, I can't necessarily blame them. There was a lot of things that Cam Newton did during the season that he didn't do well. He was terrible at reading defenses. He was terrible at throwing an accurate pass a lot of the times. He was terrible at decision-making. But there's a lot of reasons behind what went wrong with Cam Newton and the Patriots offense last year. And, well, lo and behold, it's, it's probably not all Cam Newton's fault. Regardless what some people want to think, it's not all Cam Newton's fault. Now we've said, we've listed the reasons, what, 500 times at this point of everything that went wrong for the Patriots last year, everything that went against Cam Newton. Let's start with the coaching. I mean, I think we dedicated an entire show to this, but we talked about Josh McDaniels. We talked about how Josh McDaniels did not adapt the Patriots playbook to Cam Newton. We talked about how Cam Newton is one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the NFL, especially when it comes to using his legs and those design quarterback runs, trick plays, all that kind of fun stuff. Let's face it. 
What exactly did Josh McDaniels do to adapt that playbook for Cam Newton? Nothing. So, I mean, that's reason number one that things went wrong last year. Outside of Cam Newton's downfalls that I already talked about. His weapons were, well, they're pretty brutal. Tight end squad led by Ryan Izzo until he was injured. Then there basically wasn't a tight end squad at all. I love Jacoby Myers, but he shouldn't have been your best receiver last year. It was Julian Edelman for a while till he got hurt. Nikhil Harry continues to be a massive disappointment for New England. And then that whole late signing, lack of OTAs, lack of training camp, no real preseason. A lot of reasons things didn't go right outside of Cam Newton's poor performance. And, and don't fool yourself. I have all the faith in the world that Cam Newton is going to turn things around this season. I have all the faith in the world Josh McDaniels is going to turn things around this season. This Patriots offense is going to be better. It absolutely will be better. That being said, Cam Newton has to take some accountability. But here he is now. Now, the OTAs is something that we haven't discussed a whole lot about. Hey, Tyson, what's going on, man? Master of work in the house. Coming off a 24-hour live stream. Man, it's crazy. I think Connor and I brought it up three times last night. <laughs> Unreal. I am, I am going to be live streaming the draft. Love for you to join if you're around. Or we could do a little bit of simulcasting if you're doing something else. I'd love to do that, man. But yeah, no, we haven't discussed OTAs a whole lot around here. We, because uh, we didn't care. They're voluntary anyways. We know that a lot of players put out their stuff that, or all the, you know, all the teams were putting out the stuff and the union was speaking for them that a lot of people wouldn't show up. What does it mean though, that Cam Newton is, is there? And I'll tell you what I think it means. Is it Cam Newton showing his leadership? There's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of that. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to deny that at all. But Cam Newton also knows that he's another bad season away from probably being out of the NFL. Listen, I think all of us want Cam Newton to succeed this year because as of right now and probably going forward, he's, he's slotted in to be the starter week one. So whether you hate Cam Newton, like Cam Newton, believe in Cam Newton, don't believe in Cam Newton, I think a lot of us are all in the position that we want Cam Newton to succeed because if he succeeds, the Patriots are succeeding. I mean, that's... That's undeniable. That's why Newton is leading the OTAs. Because there ain't a lot of players out there, especially the big names. And whether Cam Newton is still not the quarterback he used to be. But he's still a big name around the NFL. He doesn't want to go against the union. Are you kidding But he knows he needs this. He needs to work out. He needs to get the guys together. This offense needs to gel. That's why they had Pats West and all that different stuff. So it, it's interesting that he's out there leading OTAs. And I know, look, I know some of you are going to say I'm taking the negative approach on it. I, a lot of you who have said I'm that are believe in cam instead of been too hard on cam newton i try to stay balanced i talked about everything that went wrong for cam newton last year that wasn't his fault but there was accountability stuff he had to do kendrick Bourne, i believe was there today jared stidham was there you know jared stidham is in the same boat that cam newton is 
Jared Stidham's probably looking at this thinking, man, I'm like a step out of the, if the Patriots go and get a quarterback this year in the draft, if they make that trade and go up to the top five, damn man, Jared Stidham's out of a job in new England. There could be a team out there that, you know, hold that, you know, the, the, Signs the Patriots leftovers, hoping that there was something Belichick saw that they can use. And it was funny, again, at no point was I planning on talking about the OTAs until today. And today's probably the only day I'm going to talk about them. There's, you can't have a serious discussion around guys working out. But I knew, and I told this to Connor weeks ago. When we were talking originally, when we heard that players might be skipping out on OTAs, I said, I bet you we will be on talking about the Patriots, talking about OTAs and talking about how Cam Newton is there. Like you almost saw this from a mile away. You really did. You really almost saw this from a mile away. It's a guy who knows he needs to perform this year. He needs to be on the ball. You know, the sort of line and mantra that we're using this year is this is the no excuse season. I've accepted every reasoning that people gave me for Cam Newton last year. And I said, fine, no real off season late to the party. Josh McDaniels being bad, no weapons. I, I can't argue with you the same way. You can't argue with me that Cam Newton skipped the ball across the field and made bad decisions and couldn't read a defense. But I've already predicted that Cam Newton's going to have a much better season this year. But he's also got to know that this is his last year to prove that he can still play in the NFL. Because if the Patriots season with the weapons that Bill Belichick gave him, if it doesn't work this year, and it is seen as Cam Newton's fault, and guys like Rodney Harrison were right, don't forget, Ronnie Harrison came out and said that he doesn't believe Cam Newton should be in the NFL anymore. If he's right, then Cam Newton's career is done. Because they're going to point to all the free agent spending that Belichick made, right? And when you point to that, when you point to that spending, if the quarterback's not performing, who do you blame now? And now I know it sounds like I'm knocking Newton for coming in early. I'm not good on him. You know, we talked about Cam Newton last season in the lip service. I got to play better. I got to be better. And we just kept saying, well, be better, play better, do things better. I love his videos. I love his hype videos. I love that. You know, everybody's doubting me. I'm going to come back strong. I, I absolutely positively love that he does that. But at some point, it's that kind of like, okay, you've said it. Now you need to do it. And he's setting an example for the team about the kind of work that he's going to want them to put in this year. And again, no matter where you stand on the Cam Newton argument, whether you're on one side of the argument where you think that, you know, Cam Newton has a chance to lead the Patriots to the Super Bowl, or you're on the other side of the argument where you believe that, He's done. He's finished. He sucks. He's not going to lead the Patriots anywhere. Or maybe you're like me and you kind of just sit and you're taking a balanced approach to this. You know, I know, like I said, I know Cam Newton's going to improve this year. I'm, I'm guaranteeing you that Cam Newton's going to improve this, improve this year. Just because of the team around him, he's going to improve. The real question in my mind is, is how much is he going to improve? How much is Belichick going to protect him with the run game? And how much is Josh McDaniels, whose play calling has been, let's face it, vanilla since like 2018. What is he going to do to adapt to, to, to Cam Newton? Those are going to be all be factors into the Patriots' success with the team this year. But regardless of where you sit on that argument, we all have to agree that we need and want Cam Newton to succeed if we want the 2021 season to work out. It's as simple as that. 
you know, call me names, call me whatever you want. Say I'm being, you know, too positive, too negative, too whatever. Because I sit balanced, I know no matter where you sit on the argument, you're not going to agree. One side's not going to agree with something I say, the other side's not going to agree. But I'm telling you right now, Cam Newton is at OTAs because he knows he's fighting for his NFL career right now. He's fighting for anything that's left. He knows a good run could buy him three to five years. Three to five years to play football, three to five years to make more money, three to five years to sign more endorsements, make more hats. You know, both for the love of the game and for the business of the game. I wasn't ready to come out here and make this like righteous stand. Like, look at Cam Newton. He's leading by example or whatever cliche you want me to throw in there. You know, this is remembering that this is a team that for like five years, Tom Brady didn't show up to voluntary OTAs. His first appearance would be at mandatory mini camp. And then he would go away for a few more days and then show up for training camp. And the Patriots would still be successful. But Tom Brady knew he didn't need it. Cam, no- Cam Newton, from a personal level, knows he needs it to be successful this year. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not me knocking him. That's not me insulting him for doing this. I am happy that he's doing it from that standpoint, that he knows he needs to put in the work. That he knows he can't have a repeat of the 2020 season. But I got a lot of tweets today. People sort of blowing this out of proportion in a way of, Like, I don't know, we should be bowing down to Cam Newton because he went against the union. Guys who want to put in the work are going to put in the work. It's that simple. Cam Newton, we know Cam Newton's going to put in the work. He put in the work when when they sucked last year. He put in the work in the offseason this year. Nobody in their right mind should be shocked that Cam Newton is at OTAs this year for so many, all the different reasons I listed. It's that simple. All right, let's get to the chat here. Love Vibration Nation says, conspiracy theory. Bill Belichick knew uh, what was up with the salary cap and spoke to Cam about last year being a placeholder for this year, just saying. Uh, I think it's, I hope, I think it's Marco. Uh, I appreciate that and I appreciate your conspiracy theory and I, I get 100% what you're saying, but I, I don't agree with you, at least in my, my opinion. We don't know. We don't know what Bill Belichick does behind the scenes, but I think that Cam Newton is the quarterback of the New England Patriots this year because he was probably the – he was not probably. He was the best veteran quarterback available in free agency, and the Patriots weren't willing to match with teams like the Rams paid for Matthew Stafford, and Matthew Stafford didn't want to come to New England. And, well, San Francisco got unreasonable with Jimmy Garoppolo, and. They liked Cam Newton and his perform and his attitude and his work ethic last year. We all know that. So Bill Belichick brought him back. His salary alone this year indicates to me that there was no like secret handshake that, hey, this is a write-off year. Come make your thing, come back next year. We're gonna go at it. Like Cam Newton came back, took a in- uh, incentive heavy laden contract. I'll tell you what I like about the contract, and this is this is again in favor of Cam Newton. Cam Newton bet on himself this year. Cam Newton came out, laid down the gauntlet, laid up, put his cards on the table, and said, "Dude, give me a heavy incentive contract, and I will. I, it's going to be my goal to go out and hit all those incentives and prove that I should be here." I'm not going to knock the guy for that, and I think that listen. I know I haven't been the the friendliest to Cam Newton. I haven't been the nicest to Cam Newton. And and, and I'm one of those guys that are ready to move on from him. After this season. I want him here this year, but after this season. But you can't take away this guy's confidence in himself. You know, when he was on the podcast, the the Be A Player podcast, and talked about there's not 31 other quarterbacks better than me or 32 other quarterbacks better than me. You have to respect that. And I mean, I wish every player would bet on themselves like Cam Newton bet on themselves because imagine the kind of performances you get, even out of the top stars. This isn't a big chunk of guaranteed money. This isn't a big chunk of anything. This is all about respect. Every dollar 
that Cam Newton earns towards that $14 million comes from nothing but hard work and execution. But I don't think there was a secret handshake to this. Brandon Ace, the Charm City player, says the Patriots will be a playoff team, but Super Bowl contenders? I'll give it at least about a year or two because I think Bill Belichick deserves some time to build this team in his own image. Hmm. Uh, I don't believe that the Patriots are a Super Bowl team either. I've said that on numerous occasions. I see them as a, as a playoff contender. Now, when I say Super Bowl team, I mean Super Bowl contender. I mean, if I was Vegas, I wouldn't be making them one of the top five favorites to win the Super Bowl. But that being said, and I say this every year, all you have to do is make the playoffs. You make the playoffs, you got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. The one thing about the NFL is, though, which is not strange, it just makes sense, but if you look at all the Super Bowl you know, attendees, it's, it's usually the first or second best team in the other conference. Like, I'm trying to think of the last big upset. We're like a six seed or seventh, you know, a six seed went to the, the Super Bowl. Like, was it the Giants? Right. Raven. No, Ravens weren't that bad. You know, normally like the AFC championship game is the top two teams in the league that get there. Yeah. Tennessee had that little Cinderella run in 2019, but they got knocked out to Kansas City last year was Kansas City and Buffalo, top two teams in the league. 2018 was the Patriots and Kansas City, top two teams in the AFC. That's the thing about football, man. It's a lot of times it is the top teams that get there. I know the I know the Buccaneers were a wild card team this year, but a little bit different. I don't think they were a sixth seed. But yeah, it is what it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, my Patriots update says Cam Newton needs to adapt his game, but the whole team needs to adapt too. Um, yeah, I mean, Cam Newton needs to adapt his game a little bit, but the thing is, is you kind of, you kind of, uh, you got to build your team around your quarterback. You know what I mean? You got to build your team around your quarterback and you got to adapt to him. You got to build the team around that quarterback. Which is why I I guess this is why This is why it seems like the Patriots are going to go get a quarterback similar to Cam Newton because they built this offense around Cam Newton, probably knowing he wasn't going to be the long-term solution and answer to this team. So you'd have to believe that they were, that they're going to go out now. It may not be a top five. Maybe they get a Kellen Mond or something of that nature. But I know like one of the things that we're going to be talking about tonight when Connor's on at nine o'clock is we're going to be saying, they just, uh, I think it was uh, SB Nation just did this like whole big fan poll and or this fan thing and, and every fan base did a mock draft, a first round mock draft and almost every single fan base had the Patriots taking Mac Jones. And they had him taking Mac Jones, basically describing that he was that prototypical Patriots quarterback, right? He was probably the one quarterback in the draft this year that the Patriots have a chance of getting that remind them, or at least have similarities to Tom Brady. Mac Jones is not Tom Brady. Nobody is Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. But when you talk about play style similarities, pocket quarterback, that kind of thing, and that was kind of why very early into this process, back in, what, January, I was sitting there kind of like, yeah, Mac Jones is the guy. He's a pocket quarterback. Josh McDaniels is more comfortable with that kind of quarterback. Let's do it. But then as Belichick built and built this team and brought in Kendrick Bourne and brought in the tight ends and all that kind of thing and really it built to the strength of Cam Newton, I kind of thought, well, we know that Cam Newton's not the long-term solution. And because he's not the long-term solution, that means the Patriots got to be looking at the future too. 
And that's where we start getting into the Trey Lances and the Justin Fields. But I also know that the odds of the Patriots are going to go up and get those kind of guys. It's slim to none. It's, it's a long shot, but it's the same long shot. If someone would have said to me, Hey, do you think Bill Belichick's going to lay out $160 million and guaranteed money during free agency? I would have told you it's a slim to none as well. I probably would have laughed at you. I would have made fun of you. I would have tried to show my arrogance and flex my superiority. And I would have looked stupid and you would have looked right. That's why, you know, I'll give, I like to give my opinion on things, but I have no idea what the Patriots are going to do in the draft only because their offseason has been so unpredictable. You got some analysts saying that they're going to be drafting quarterbacks. You got some analysts saying they're not going to be drafting quarterbacks. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Y'all hear about the leak of Jordan Love to the Pats. I did not. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm going to leave that. Uh, You should have fans on the podcast to draft. I'd love to join. I do think the Patriots can compete to win the AFC East because the Bills don't really do much. And now there are expectations for them to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, There's going to be high expectations on Buffalo this year. I know there's people who... I know there's people... Tyson, my boy Tyson, master at work. Like he said, what has Buffalo proved? They had one good season and went to the AC Championship game. I think he said that two weeks ago when he was on with us. And it makes sense. And I've really pumped the... You know, I've really pumped up the Buffalo Bills... Maybe more than I should be. It's, um, am I going to say that the Patriots have no chance to go to the Super Bowl? No. Can the Patriots compete in the AFC East? I absolutely think they can. Am I going to sit here now and predict? That the Patriots are going to win the AFC East? That'd be irresponsible of me, wouldn't it? I mean, my nickname's not McHomer on this show. My nickname's Shades. And as much as I'm probably more of a homer than, you know, a lot of, you know, broadcasters or whatever, to turn around and say that the Patriots are going to win the AFC East, and for sure, I can't say that. But can I say that I think they can compete in the AFC East? I absolutely believe that the Patriots can I absolutely believe that the Patriots can compete in the AFC East oh Chevy's here Chevy what's going on man we've missed you we were just talking about you last night that we hadn't, hadn't seen you in a bit Um, okay. Trying to find, let's just go to Chevy. How about that? Our defense will lead and the offense will follow. Will Josh McDaniels lead an offense in 2021 and not execute? I doubt it. Yeah, man. Listen, Josh McDaniels has to, uh, has to step up to the plate this year. The same way Cam Newton needs to step up to the plate this year. And I highly doubt that either of them can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I mean, like, I believe they could both do that. I'm not sure if I said that other word right. The Patriots are, are in a good spot. And I think they're in a good spot because expectations aren't really that high. I think most of us are being pretty reasonable competing for the playoffs competing for the AFC East, not necessarily expectation to win it. Whereas last year, I feel like expectations were way too high. And that's why I think there's a lot of Cam Newton slander as well. As hard as I've been on Cam Newton, and and y'all know, if you watch me, I've been hard on Cam Newton. 
but I try to pick my spots with Cam. You know, I talk about decision-making. I talk about that other stuff. I don't want to list it again. I already did. But I think the expectations for the Patriots in general last year were way too high for people. I think there were some Patriot fans, not all of you, but there were some Patriot fans who believed they weren't going to miss a beat. Tom Brady was going to leave and they were going to look exactly the same. And they brought in Cam Newton, a former MVP. I mean, Connor came out and told me they were going to win 13 games last season. Those are high expectations. And, and when you only win seven, when your expectations were 13, well, that's room for massive disappointment. And when you're massively disappointed, you need to blame something or somebody for being so disappointed. And unfortunately, Cam Newton took the brunt of that blame. Where when you look at the offense last year, and you want to talk about the, the three pillars of the 2020 offense, or the 2020 Patriots, which is Cam Newton, Josh McDaniels, and Bill Belichick, all three of those men have to take equal blame. No more blame to anybody else. Like, no one should carry more. Did Cam have awful moments? Yes, I've, I've highlighted it. But was he helped? Was he helped by Josh McDaniels? No. Did Bill Belichick do anything to get him good offensive weapons? No. Like I said, Jacoby Myers is a great receiver, but he shouldn't have been your best receiver last season if you really want to be competitive. Ryan Izzo definitely shouldn't have been your best tight end. Now, Belichick's hands were, were, were tied. He didn't have the salary cap to do it. Josh McDaniels, well, it, I have the same thing when it comes to Cam Newton, late start. They didn't bring him in until July, which meant he didn't have much time to flip that playbook around for Cam Newton. Now, they've had an entire offseason. They're going to have, well, they're having OTAs because of Cam. They're going to have mini camp. They're going to have training camp. They're going to have the preseason. Lots of time for all three of those guys to prove themselves and turn things around. I don't mean, I know Belichick's already proved himself. I don't mean it in that way. But they all have time to prove that last year was an anomaly and that they're going to be back being competitive this year. And I think it's, and I, what I like though, and where I'm getting at is, is this year, I think the expectations for the Patriots are much more reasonable. I mean, there's probably a lot of Patriot fans undervaluing and underestimating just how good the Patriots could be this season. When you combine everything, just how great their defense is going to be. Just like Chevy said, the defense is going to be phenomenal. There's a potential this, maybe this is a hot take. Maybe I should save this for Thursday, but I'm going to say it right now. There is a potential that this Patriots defense could be a top three defense in the NFL, especially if Bill Belichick adds to it during the draft. I think there's also a possibility that this Patriots run game with the combination of Damian Harris and Cam Newton with a little bit of assistance from Sony Michelle, possibly James White and whoever, what other running back Belichick brings in either free agent or draft pick that this Patriots run game could be a top five, top 10 in the NFL. Well, if you have a top three defense, a top five run game, your offense needs to be a top 15, top 20, and you're instantly a playoff team. And again, that top run game is going to be in partnership with Cam Newton and the running backs. I expect Cam Newton to run the football. I expect Josh McDaniels to get a lot more creative. If he's not, I got a lot of things, a lot of things to talk about. Whew. Uh, I see everybody giving a shout out to, to Tyson over at master work. And I got to give a shout out to, um, worked hard yesterday, 24 hours. He streamed talking about that very, 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 very unfortunate EDP situation. And when I say unfortunate, I just mean that it even, it even got to that. <sighs> you know, it is what it is. Not only is it about Cam getting better, but hey, his wide receiver and tight ends group will be better too. Yep, and that's what I thought. Belichick did his job, right? As a Bel Bill Belichick, the general manager, did his job.
he went out and he got, he upgraded at receiver. He probably, well, he probably replaced Julian Edelman with Kendrick Bourne. He added Nelson Aguilar, who I believe is an update is an upgrade over Demir Bird. I think Jacoby Myers is going to get a little bit better. Lawrence has predicted he's going to have his breakout year this year. You got two monster tight ends. You brought back James White, who, with the way this game is set up, is perfect for play action to him. Yeah, Belichick did his job. You just got to keep getting through it and doing it, right? I saw a comment here I want to address. My page up said, Cam needs to learn the system more. After the podcast, he has to, unless he already did, you can't really improve accuracy that much. How much does Cam have to learn the system and how much does the system have to change for Cam? Cam Newton is never going to be able to effectively and efficiently run a Tom Brady offense. Ever. They're two different quarterbacks. They're two different quarterbacks. And I I don't necessarily agree with this. Cam doesn't need to adapt his game. He needs to play better. He does need to play better. I'm not sitting there saying Cam Newton was perfect last season and they didn't help him. No, Cam Newton, again, equal blame, Belichick, McDaniels, Newton. But the Patriots can't keep running the same Patriots system that they ran for 20 years with the same quarterback and expect the same results. They need to help Cam. They need to adapt it to Cam. And I think that's really, really important. Love Vibration Nation says, if Cam can take care of the ball and have a killer instinct to score when our D gets turnovers, he will be unstoppable. Yeah, and it's taking care of that ball, right? It's taking care of that ball. It's taking care of making right decisions. It's not just turnovers with him. Cam Newton was struggling last year. Especially when he was going through his reads. Now, he talked a little bit about that, and he basically said he had that COVID brain. And that he fell behind and whatever. So I'm going to give that to him. I'm going to give that to him. Get through the reads, but again, give him plays that are made for him. And I'm going to say what Sheldon says here. He says, yeah, Cam talked about that. He said he was coming into a system that was there for 20 years. Imagine the learning curve. You know, you've never been anything like that. And it's not just that learning curve. It's And again, you're trying to do it for the guy who's done it the best. For 20 years. My man Bruce says, asking Cam to be more accurate is like asking fish to climb a tree. Accuracy has always been a thing with Cam. But you can set him up into being a position where he just needs to make decisions. And we don't have to really focus in on that accuracy. McDaniels needs to improve big time, in my opinion, not just the play calling itself, but adapt to the system to Cam. Yes, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say, sir, I'm going to say, yes, you're right. (laughs) I've talked about that a lot, though, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to defer that off now. There was another question I saw that I wanted to, yeah, here it is. Do you think Stid is the answer in the long run? Let me tell you what I think about Jared Stidham. If you want me just to come right out and be honest with you, I'll just say no. 
If you ask me for like, Ray, what's your opinion? Is Jared set on the future of this team? I'm just going to come out and say, no, that's my honest opinion. And in the past, I have done this and I could do this right now if I want. And I could sit here for 10 minutes and rip why I believe Jared Stidham will never be the quarterback for the New England Patriots. But one thing that I'm trying to do again, as I take the balanced approach, or as some people call it, talking out of both sides of my mouth, and maybe I am, but I don't think I am. I'm trying to stay balanced in my, my discussion. Jared Stidham had opportunities to prove himself last year. And he didn't, he didn't prove himself, right? And you're coming in in garbage time. And when you're coming in in garbage time, that should be the time of the game when the ball is moving easy. You should be racking up to the, the play. Everybody's in prevent defense, prevent defense. You should just be marching that ball down the field. He couldn't do it. He didn't look great. We talk about, especially with the Patriots, right? Maybe just the NFL. When you get your opportunity, take, you know, take advantage of your opportunity. In my opinion, Jared Stidham did not take advantage of his opportunity. I also want to point out that going back, Jared Stidham lost the backup job to Brian Hoyer before Brian Hoyer wet the bet against Kansas City. If I wanted to make the argument the other way, We've never seen Jared Stidham start a football game. We've never seen Jared Stidham start multiple football games. We don't know what his snap count is like in practice. How much does he run with the first the first team? Jared Stidham also is not a Tom Brady product. He's not a the the Tom Brady system is not going to be a great system for Stidham. He's probably closer to being a Cam Newton than he is to being a Tom Brady if you really look at him. Makes things happen with his legs. He needs to learn how to use them better. But he's a mobile quarterback. Now, he's not Cam Newton, but he's probably closer to being Cam Newton than he is to being Tom Brady. Right? So play calling was probably an issue when he was out there because if it's bad for Cam, it's bad for Stid. We don't know what his snap count was in practice playing with the first team and what kind of first team was it. You're also coming out in major blowouts. So again, a different mentality is coming in during a blowout than it is starting a game. So when I try to take the balanced approach to Jared Stidham, my gut tells me he's, no, he's not the future. My head tells me he's not the future. My heart tells me he's not the future. But I have to acknowledge He's never started a game in the NFL. He's never been given off the opportunity to start a game in the NFL. We've heard rumors that people believe Belichick was protecting him last year. Maybe he was. But my ultimate answer is my, my I say no, but I understand people's arguments. Guys, I need to take a real, 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 real quick break here. You can hear from our sponsors over at the Rocky Mountain Barber Company. Support for Deer Pats Nation is brought to you by our partners over at the Rocky Mountain Barber Company. Now, guys, what makes the Rocky Mountain Barber Company different? They take great pride in crafting products that include natural ingredients and natural materials whenever possible. Their frequent production run means that you get a fresher product with fresher ingredients every single time. How about freebies with every order? They include free product samples or razor blades with every item that you order. You choose what you want at checkout. You get rewarded, earn points on every dollar you spend and redeem them on exclusive rewards and perks and save 5% off every order by visiting RockyMountainBarber.com and use the code RayRoute and get small batch products made with natural ingredients and save 5% using the code RayRoute, that's R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H at RockyMountainBarber.com. All right, I want to go to this one here from Ricky Moxley. That says, Stid isn't the future, but it's totally naive to think that Newton is the present. You know, I 
depending which way you sit again, when you sit on the fence, it's, it's hard to argue with that, right? Especially when you're looking at, when you're looking at it in a sense of what happened last season. But, you know, you're taking one season and and writing a guy off. Ignoring that before getting injured in 2018, he looked absolutely phenomenal. But that was three years ago. Again, who would you rather have? Ryan Fitzpatrick? Jameis Winston? Because it's naive to think that Jameis Winston's going to be any different and he's not going to throw a thousand interceptions a year. You want Marcus Mariota to take a shot on the elbow? Who do you want? Name the veteran quarterback you want. You want Mitch Trubisky? He was available. Should we give up a first-round draft pick and take Jimmy Garoppolo so he can get injured week four? See, it's really easy to come here and say, oh, it's naive to say that Cam Newton's the president, but tell me what the, tell me the other option. Because you, you kind of got to go with Cam Newton. You can't spend the kind of money Bill Belichick spent and not have Cam Newton there. Should we have signed Andy Dalton? Did you want to give up a first and a third or first and a second, whatever, for Carson Wentz? Matthew Stafford wouldn't come to the Patriots. Maybe Tyrod Taylor or RG3 could have led the Patriots to the playoffs this year. So what's so naive about people maybe wanting to believe that Cam Newton is the president of this team? One thing I notice a lot, people may say I talk out of both sides of my mouth, but I notice you guys drop comments a lot and give no alternatives. Or if you give an alternative, you give an absolutely bogus alternative. Like, well, they should have kept Tom Brady. That obviously wasn't an option in 2021. Tom Brady's been gone now for two years. It's not an option anymore. Give me a viable option. Which one of the available court, Nathan Peterman? Which one of the available, you want to trade and you want to pay Teddy Bridgewater 23 mil or whatever he's owed? Who can we cut? I guess we could cut Cam, but that's still not going to make up enough salary cap. So which defensive player do you want to cut? Well, we could trade away Gilmore and weaken the defense so that we can have Teddy Bridgewater, who Carolina gave big money to and moved on in one year. Would rather try to go with Sam Darnold. The Jets weren't going to trade a Sam Darnold. That's the problem. If Cam Newton's not the president, then who? Because if you think it's Trey Lance or Justin Fields, those guys are going to come in and just be NFL ready. You're out of your mind. Out of your mind. So many quarterbacks are rushed into the NFL and it, it kills them. And the Patriots have the 15th pick. I'm going to be honest. I really like the three teams in the AFC are the Bills, the Browns, and the Chiefs. It's amazing to me. How in just a couple of months, people finally start to respect Baker Mayfield. Because I used to get so much shit talked to me when I say that Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. Just wait. He's just developing. I think y'all are discounting the Baltimore Ravens as well. If Baltimore does things right, they're going to be a tough team to beat. You're dismissing the Indianapolis Colts. I know they got quarterback issues. 
dismissing dismissing what Cincinnati could look like this year. Now that they have a real quarterback. I also remember after 2017 when everybody said that the real teams in the AFC and they listed the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I think, you know, after they went to the AFC Championship with the Patriots, or 2018, I'm sorry, I think Jacksonville won three games or something that season. Let's see. Let's see how the teams bounce back. How many times do you see a team like Buffalo that makes it to the AFC Championship and then they suck the next year? Even with a lot of the same returning players. Almost that bitter disappointment of losing it. Now, I like Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the AFC East, and I'll hang my hat that I've been saying that for years, that after Tom Brady, he was going to be the best quarterback in the AFC East. So hopefully, mentally, he can bounce back and be strong and go. And I think the Bills are the best, you know, the best team in the AFC East for sure, and they're one of the best teams in the AFC. But I said that last year as well, preseason, before like before the season even started. Their defense disappointed me a little bit last year, and I want to see if it's going to be more improved this year. But your next comment is follow up is the Patriots have no chance. You named three teams out of seven playoff spots. Browns still got to play Pittsburgh. We're still going to have a banging defense. Brown still got to play Baltimore twice, Pittsburgh twice. Got to play Cincy twice. You can say, oh, Odell Beckham Jr. is back. That's one of the reasons. Well, Odell Beckham Jr., they did better without him last year. I'm not discounting those teams. I've been talking about the Browns for two years. I think Kevin Stefanski was the best signing they made. Freddie Kitchens completely screwed that team. Mentally, royally. I thought he ruined Baker Mayfield. I thought Baker had to get out of Cleveland because Freddie Kitchens screwed him up so much. I like Kevin Stefanski. He was obviously the right pick for that team, and I I was hoping they were the right pick for that team just because I want, you know, as a football fan, Take my Patriots hat off for a second. It says an NFL fan, you want to see those kind of teams survive. But yeah. And the Chiefs are the Chiefs, right? As long as Patrick Mahomes is there, they're going to be a good team. Can't deny that. I know people want to hate on Patrick Mahomes and I know that their fan base is annoying and and we just, we want bad things to happen to them, but Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Come on. If they they got Joe Tooney, I don't know why they need tackles, but they got Joe Tooney. If they can address the offensive line and get some tackles for him out of the draft and keep him healthy, that Chiefs team is going to be right back where they were last year. It's going to be a while before the Chiefs aren't good again, but once they're there, it's going to be difficult for them. They're they're going to have a lot of salary cap issues coming up very, very soon. But you figure AFC Championship game and overtime away from going to the Super Bowl his first season, then a Super Bowl championship, then loses the Super Bowl. Would not surprise me if if Kansas City went back to the Super Bowl this year and went back-to-back-to-back championships. But again, like I said, most years it's either the first or second seed that goes to the Super Bowl. Normally, it's the first seed. Not just in New England, or not just in the AFC, because I know you can say, well, New England did it for a bunch of years. There's a bunch of teams that have done that. It's always the top two seeds. That's still, that's football. So that is what it is. Uh... I hope Damian Harris gets a 1,000-yard season. What do you think will be the future of J.J. Taylor? I don't know. <laughs> I hope I hope, uh, I hope Harris can stay healthy enough to try to get a 1,000-yard season. That's been the biggest problem. That's been the biggest issue when it comes to Damian Harris. It's, it's a big Sony Michelle problem, too. It, it's They can't stay healthy. It's like Burkhead. Like, Burkhead can't stay healthy. So if Damian Harris can stay healthy, he could easily get 1,000 yards. As for J.J. Taylor, he's a bit of a spark plug. 
the Patriots kind of moved on from him a little bit last year, but then they also, I think he, I think he started dealing with an injury. I liked JJ because he would, he would, it almost seemed like when the Patriots needed a spark, they would put him in the game, especially those first couple of weeks. I saw it. I know the Raiders is the game. I remember the most where he just came out with that spark and then he kind of fell off. So I don't know. Look, Cam is getting something in New England that he has never received. That's why he wants to be there. What's he getting? What's he getting? Rosen was a young quarterback with no weapons or coach and sucked, uh, but Bum Newton gets excuses for having uh, for not having weapons. Who's talking about Josh Rosen? Who's talking about Josh Rosen? You guys must be in the chat because I don't even think I used the word Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen is damaged goods, which is unfortunate. But that kid got put in the worst position possible. First he goes to Arizona where they had no offensive line and he just became like a sack machine or, you know, where he just got sack, sack, sack. Then he goes to Miami of all places who weren't ready for Josh Rosen. That, that kid's damaged goods and it's too bad because I, I think he they ruined him. They ruined what could have been a great career with Rosen. And I don't think he's man. I don't think he's, he's salvageable to be honest with you. Otherwise I think the Patriots would have taken a chance on him. Honest to God. I think he would have. Was he on like his fourth team now or something like that? Oh, like he's a story of just like how to ruin an NFL prospect. And if you want to know how to ruin an NFL prospect, just look at what they did to Josh Rosen. I remember when they were thinking of drafting, um, my mind has gone blank now. The kid I like when Arizona, oh man, I hate when my mind does this. I, I go on to this. Tyler Murray, Jesus. When they were, when there was talks about Arizona, when there was talks of Arizona drafting Kyler Murray, I remember I wanted the Patriots to trade for Rosen so badly, so badly. I remember even Patriots Global uh, talking about it and Arizona fans just coming at him and saying that they're not going to trade him because the Cardinal fans didn't really want them to give up on, on Josh Rosen. Then he went to Miami and they played him way too early, way too early. That kid needed to sit for a year. He needed to be coached up. Sitting behind Tom Brady in 2019 would have been the perfect situation for him. Learn to be a quarterback. And then he could have he could have came out. But like I said, he's on his fourth team now. And it's just it's unfortunate. Like I said, if you want to see a textbook way to ruin what could have been a really good to great talent in the NFL. I'm not saying the kid would have been a, I'm not saying the kid would have been a, a hall of famer by any means, but if you want to see how to ruin a talent of a, a lot of potential, just study the Josh Rosen story. Got absolutely screwed. And now he's broke. Now he's damaged goods. All right. Last question of the night. And then I am done. Would you be mad if the Patriots didn't draft a quarterback in the first round? No, I wouldn't. Would I be mad if would I be mad if they didn't take a quarterback at all? Yes. Because I think that there are options in I think there are options in the second round. You know, for the Patriots to take a quarterback in the first round, you got to give up a lot of draft capital. So I can't be mad at Belichick. Maybe I'm mad that the Patriots did so well last year and that Belichick used his coaching magic and got seven wins out of that team. And because of that, they're picking at 15. But I can't be mad at Belichick if he doesn't give up the farm and give up like three draft picks in order to, you know, or three first round picks, I mean, like in order to get to number four to try to take a quarterback. You can't get upset at that. You really can't. I mean, I think we all want to see that, but you can't get upset about it. 
but they need to take a quarterback somewhere, right? Whether that's Kellen Mond, I don't like Kyle Trask. There's that kid from Stanford that everybody keeps talking about. I should probably do a digger deep on him. I, I don't think any of those top five quarterbacks are going to fall to 15, regardless of what <laughs> some of these mock drafts are saying. Always remind everybody, take use those mock drafts with a grain of salt. Again, though, again, I have no idea what Belichick's going to do. Like, trying to predict what he's done, especially after what he did this offseason, is crazy. Would I be surprised if Belichick traded up for one of the top five? Absolutely. Would I be shocked? No, we can't be. I would have been last year, the year before, the year before that. But would I have been shocked this year? Nah, not a chance would I be shocked this year if he did it because it's just you can't predict what Bill Belichick is going to do anymore. With that being said, guys, we are now at that one hour mark. I'm going to go take my break. I will be back at 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight with my boy Connor for the Dear Pats Nation podcast. We will not be joined by Tyson because he streamed for 24 mother effing hours yesterday because he is or he finished yesterday 24 hours, just an Iron Man performance. Uh, so he will be with us next Monday. We're going to preview the draft and then I will be live on the draft next Thursday. Uh, Connor will be joining me at some point. We're probably going to get Sarah on, see if Lawrence wants to jump on with us. Going to try to get as many of the uh, Deer Pass Nation crews we can, see if Gabby can jump on. Try to get as many people as we can in to talk about the draft a little bit. Tyson said maybe he could drop on later, so we'd love to see if that could work too. Guys, we'll be back at 9. Don't miss it. We're going to be talking more quarterbacks. We're going to be talking draft, talking Mac Jones, talking everything else. Until then, take care. See ya. We want to thank all of our Dear Pats Nation loyalty club members over at patreon.com slash DPN Sports. For only $5 a month, Connor and I record an exclusive webcast Sunday through Thursday. So if you like all the free content that we offer here, can I suggest that you check out our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash DPN Sports. We don't have any tiers. We don't charge you for different levels of access. We have one tier at one cost, five bucks. You'll get five webcasts a week and you can participate in our Patreon exclusive live stream every second Friday. You can hang in the chat. You can join Connor and I on the screen and have a voice-to-voice -voice conversation with us and other Dear Pats Nation Loyalty Club members. But in order to get the content, you have to join the club. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash Sports. If you'd like to check it out, we have left the link to the Dear Pats Nation Patreon page wherever and however you are listening or watching. And guys, there are many different ways that you can support Dear Pats Nation, but the only way that you can do that in style is by visiting the Dear Pats Nation merch shop over at teespring.com slash stores slash DPN. And when you're there, get your hands on the newest DPN apparel, t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, whatever you want. Get it all at our merch store at teespring.com slash store slash DPN. For your convenience, we've left a link to our merch store in the description or wherever you're listening or watching this show. Because I think the purpose of faith is to get human beings to live on a higher plane than the animals in the jungle and that there's something bigger going on that's bigger than all of us. And Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. 
do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.